You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Perth, welcome to the World Football Program on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. You've got the trainee in the chair, Huey, and uh, joining me in the studio today is the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia. How are you today, Pete? Oh, I'm very well, but I, as I said to you before, I'm not sure I can still lay claim to that. I, sort of... I'll, I was the one who give you that title, and I'll be the one who'll take it away if right, needed. Fair enough, <laughs> Pete. A week's a long time in football. Plenty of things have happened. Well, I feel like a time traveller because even though we haven't, we've just finished the the A League season, the league season, and the finals haven't started. We've already commenced the twenty twenty two twenty three FFA. Oh, sorry, Australia Cup as it's known now. And uh, bad news for the Glory fans uh, is that we're already dumped out of the cup along with Western Sydney Wanderers. I just, you know, like I said, I, we discussed this off air. I, I just don't understand how one of the premier clubs in in the country, can be denied. Oh, okay, probably not denied. That's too strong a word. But to 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 go out even before before the cup proper. Yeah, it's just it's just ludicrous. See, on the other hand, I although I'm disappointed now two years in a row as a Glory fan to see us out of the cup before it starts. Um, until there's relegation in the A League, at well, least there's yeah. some sort of punishment for finishing down the bottom of the table in that year sort of have to get a playoff game to even get into the... Well, that's true enough, Pete, yeah. And we've uh, had more than a few guests discuss that uh, second tier of football, which, again, I, I, I really have some serious doubts as to whether that's actually going to go ahead. Um, I oh, well, know there's look, plenty it, of people... It's been about to happen for the last six years now. Well, that's right, yeah. Um, so I'll believe it when I see it. Um, <laughs> I, I would like to see it, I'd, and whether or not it'll work, I don't know, but we do need it. It, it needs to happen. Uh at the same time, although I'm 100% behind it in a theoretical way, 
I'm kind of glad it wasn't around this season. Well, the glory's yeah. uh, finish, table finish, and hopefully not next season either because things are not looking no. promising with regards to the glory actually being able to have a home game anywhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll get onto that one later. We've got yeah. uh, the guests on the today's show. We've got young Matildas and an Adelaide United goalkeeper, Miranda Templeman. Yay. Friend of the show, Miranda. She's going to have a chat, and it'll be a chat. Uh, we won't be interviewing Miranda. She <laughs> will just turn the mic on and go, Miranda, and... Half hour later, we'll be able to go. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've got Derek Pollock coming up as well. He's our EPL expert. He's going to talk to us all things about European football, including the FA Cups that are coming up. And it's the English FA yep. Cups. We've got uh, Sam Kerr's Chelsea playing um, tomorrow. Just for the record, the glory's not in the FA Cup either. No. Uh, Funnily yeah. enough. <laughs> then uh, in the second hour, we'll have Neil Bennett, who's going to discuss all things NPL with us. And we will finish with... Something that's uh, close to my heart, and Pete's got the shirt on, which is very, very nice to see. Uh, world number nine, Subudio player Alan Kimber will join us because there's some exciting news with Subudio Perth. They have been granted the rights to have an international open, which will be held uh, in Coburn in August. So we'll get to talk to Alan about all things Subudio. We'd like to thank our partners, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk futsal. And you can register your team in the Superliga, Oswest Festi- Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates. And Penny, if you're listening, here it comes. <laughs> gate and Fence Hardware, WA for fence and gate components and automation. Got it. Yes. Auto- automation That's to upgrade and protect your property. So we thank our uh, sponsors for their kind contribution to allow the World Football Program to continue as it has done for the last 35 years. We are, and check your record books, the longest continuously broadcasted football program in Australia. Excellent. I'd like to say the world, but uh, I haven't got those uh, details in front of me. Pete Skeely, <laughs> A-League stats uh, no, expert. Look, I, I think <laughs> we are the longest in the world, and if there's anyone in the world listening that thinks we're wrong, let us know. Let but us know. I'm, we're just going to assume we're number <laughs> no, one in the world. That's right. How's that? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, take, uh, we'll take everything we can. Ooh, why is that not there? Oh, dear. Okay, I've got to find... Oh. All right, we got panic stations I've already. Got panic Jerry. stations already. <laughs> so anyway, as as we alluded to earlier, uh, there was a, a cup match earlier in the week, and go, Perth Pete. Glory away to Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle took that one, three uh, one. We did have a, a a very nice consolation goal for one of the uh, the Glory lads, uh, Tyler Vecchio, Vecchio, who I think that was his first goal ever for the Glory. So look, there is a small, tiny little ray of hope. Indeed, it was his first goal. Yeah, small ray of hope, but yeah. um, the thing is, obviously, with Newcastle, just as a Glory fan, over the years, Newcastle have traditionally been our bunnies. Even when, yeah, oh, e- even when we were having bad seasons, we would always beat. I don't know, we'd <laughs> always beat Newcastle. But that's now the uh, the fifth game in a row between the two where the Glory haven't come away with a win. So, yeah, unfortunately, maybe Newcastle's sort of starting to get their time to shine. But yeah. Oh, and in the other match, of course, uh, Brisbane Raw away to Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderers also out of the cup there, three one as well. So again, um, you know, teams with past glory. I remember the you know Western Sydney Wanderers entered the league and they they took everything by storm and they were getting fantastic crowds and they were getting, you know, they were winning the league. They w- literally won the Asian Champions League. Um, yeah. You know, stormed everyone. Unfortunately, they're also not in the cup next season, and um, so how they've fallen because they hosted the game. And admittedly, it was like a, a Thursday night 
Cup qualifying match, but they still they had a crowd of 824 to the ground. So when you consider they used wow. to pull, you know, 20,000 easily and the RBB would be going off. And I even remember a few of the early days yeah. when um, Western Sydney Wanderers were over here in Perth. There was... Look, I, I know HBF management wasn't happy about it, but I was at games where there was rockets being set off <laughs> HBF. <laughs> and then I, I remember yeah. a, a cup match at... Um, uh, the Perth SC's home grade, Dorian Gardens, and yeah, there was a lot of um, pyrotechnics going off. There was it was brilliant. Um, I yeah. know everyone else was a lot. Sort of management wasn't happy about yeah. it, but it was fantastic. And I mean, yeah, an active so. fan zone is great. It, you just need to be mindful of going too far over the top. But yeah, yep. uh, it's been knocked on the head, and I know the the RBB are trying to get the. Back in there, but the, yep. geez, you had uh, a fair amount of big stick thrown at them uh, from the. the uh, the authorities at, at Football Australia. Yeah, um, and now, and now and Football now Australia is wondering what's yeah, going on. Oh, yeah. How do we fix the problem? Here's, well, the, here's the thing that football does different to every other sport. Yes. Let's, let's knock that on the head then and then wonder why things are going downhill. Exactly. Well, we've got... Uh, I've gone through the, uh, the technical details that were in front of me, which uh, created that little bit of panic in my voice. Um, but we've got that sorted. Uh, we'll go to a quick break, and after the break, we will have the wonderful Miranda Templeman on to talk all things that are happening in the world of Miranda. Stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program, 107.9 FM, Radio Fremantle. They say you can't choose your family, but you can choose your football family. A family has legends you look up to. And the up-and-comers. A family pitches in and works together as a team. We have the ones who keep us in check and we motivate each other to be the best. Be the best! But it's my brothers and my sisters who always have my back. That's why even my real family love my football family. So what are you waiting for? Join our team. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions, and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. You're with the World Football Program with your host, Hugh, and the greatest wingman the world's ever seen, Pete Skelia. <laughs> On the line, joining us now is Miranda Templeman. 
Good morning, Miranda. Hey guys, how are you going? Oh, we got, uh, that, that's one for one, Miranda, so you know the, the big smile on my face. <laughs> You're missing the, uh, the chair and the stress that comes with that? Yep, yep, it's all oh, good. Oh, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda, Penny's asked me uh, straight up to uh, go with the uh, the big question straight up. How's the thumb? Yep. And uh, how'd you do it? Yeah, so I was in, um, we had a young Matilda's camp in Canberra last month. And, yep. you know, it wasn't, wasn't my favourite camp. But <laughs> I, was just, um, I was in for about... Uh, 24 hours before I tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. um, and so, yeah, I ended up having about eight or nine days of isolation. Um, <sighs> missed the first game against New Zealand and then um, ended up being on the bench, just got out the day before. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, return to play protocols that they have to follow with COVID. Yeah. So um, the doctors were really good with that and got to be on the bench and experience that, which I was really grateful for. And, yep, got out the next day. Played a friendly game against the boys team and yeah, I went in to smother the ball when my thumb just got caught on the ground. So oh. um, I think it fractured in about three or four places and Jeez. bent back at a forty-five degree angle. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, it was wasn't pretty, but um, yeah, they ended up getting a surgery in Canberra and sticking a, a pin through it um, that stuck out the top, which I was way too proud of. I think oh. I like grossing people out with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like just zero warning. Yeah, look at this pin. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah give you a thumbs uh, up. It's like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that was in three weeks. I had that removed, which um, with no anaesthetic or nothing, they just, you know, You're it joking. Cool. Oh. Um, yeah, so that left a big hole in my thumb, which is healing up quite nicely. And I got my splint off yesterday. So it's going well. Um, they're fu- they're really happy with how the bone's healing. I just got to work on getting that range of motion and strength back in it now. Yeah, yeah. God, that's ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it was going to be you know broken bones aren't uh, aren't fine, but I thought it was going to be a nice story. That that was horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, is that going to impact your ability to be in the running for the the World Cup later on? Or, or not, or Hope, too far ahead? Yeah, hopefully not. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll be back in time. My rehab's um, in the progress of, you know, getting me back there on time, so i just got to be, be smart with it and not do any more that I, than I should be doing, which is hard. Um, but, yeah, just making sure I'm being smart with it so I don't set myself back further and, um, sure. yep. yeah, put myself out of the running. But, yeah, it's been really good. They've had this camp this week, which I've um, been lucky enough to still somewhat be involved with um, and then, yeah, just being able to, you know, see some of the tactics at training and um, stuff like that. So that's been really awesome of um, the staff to keep me involved with that, which I really appreciate. It's probably a good sign as well if yeah. they're keeping you involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's good news. So those that, that may not know, um, the young Matildas have qualified. Uh, we won't go through the qualify, qualification process, but they've, they've qualified. We'll, we'll, yep, we're there. We'll tick that. Uh, and that's going to be in Costa Rica um, kicking yeah. off uh, August. Uh, August, August the 10th. 10th yes. And Australia have got um, Brazil, Spain and I- Iran. Is it Iran? No, no, Costa Rica. And Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Coast, so, that's yeah. right, Group A. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah think... we're, we're super excited about that. We've got our opening game against Costa Rica in the National Stadium. So yeah. um, we're absolutely 
buzzing about that. You know, it might get a few, a few flares get thrown at us. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great atmosphere and super excited, actually, to draw um, such a, a tough pool because it will really, you know, set us apart, you know, challenge us and see where we're at straight away. Yeah, exactly, because, uh, I mean, as it, uh, we... Well, the listeners may not know, Brazil are the uh, South American champions uh, at present and so are Spain. They're the uh, European champions uh, yep. in their age group. Yeah. So. And, and in Costa Rica, and the host, host nation. nation. Oh. So I don't think you could yeah. have got much of a tougher group. <laughs> That's all right. We'll take it. They yeah. should be scared of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like the attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Group B is Germany, Colombia, New Zealand, Mexico. Group C, France, Nigeria, Canada, Korea Republic. And Group D, Japan, Netherlands, Ghana and the USA. So, yeah, there's not really any any easy group in there at yeah, all. Yeah, no, but, it's, it's but, obviously no, exactly. a smaller smaller competition means a lot of tougher games right from, from the outset. Yeah. Miranda, do you know when they're announcing the squads for this? I, I couldn't see no, this. No, not anymore. 100% sure. Okay. I think um, we've still got uh, a few camps. I think the plan is to be in and out of camp until um, August. And um, Leo, obviously, have a look at different players, bring in some different players to have a look at. And um, usually we don't get told until, you know, right before. I think when we went to the Junior Matildas, we were given about six days' notice before we had to get on a flight to Tonga. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it is the life of a footballer but um no everyone's kind of getting prepared somewhat to um put their hand up good one yeah yes. and and all those games uh, that uh, the young matildas are going to be involved in will be free to wear on sbs so uh, the times oh, wow. are, times aren't going to be the, the the greatest um well they're not so bad for us uh well, so it's the, a five uh, sorry a 8 p.m local kickoff yeah yeah which is yep. in perth time uh is 10 p.m. No. 10 a.m. I was 10 a.m. mate. We're more than two hours yeah. away from Costa Rica. 10 a.m. I think it is. Yeah, that's that's below. Well, I'll I'll go with you on that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because it got. Uh, I'm looking at that. It's 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, so that's 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Yeah. our time. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, and the um, the Brazil game. So it's that's uh, going to be a four o'clock kickoff out for us. So, yeah, from memory, we've got our group stage games on the 11th, 14th and 17th of August. I reckon you're talking after the times have been translated to yeah. Australian times. I'm looking at it here going, you're out by one day there. And I'm like, oh, that's, so that, that would be when they were broadcast here. Um, the yeah, joys of playing yeah, on the yeah. other side of the planet has all these little yeah. side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. So, Miranda, your season with Adelaide United, how did that go? Did you oh, enjoy the experience? Uh, Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, the girls were great. The staff was great. The clubs were great. Um, yeah, great. I feel yes. like... Yeah, no, it was just... The setup. I think, is probably one of the, the best setups for the women's team in the country. Like, it's just... Um, the way they make us feel included was awesome. You know, um, a lot of that through the media team, mm-hmm. which was really good. They're really active on social media and get a lot of the girls involved. Um, they recently had put up the um, moment of the year vote. So if you haven't seen that, get on, because there's some awesome ones in there. Um, oh. Probably the one I voted for, I'm a bit biased, was the um, number seven, which is the Pride game, yep. uh, yeah. where we also qualified for finals for the first time ever in the club's history. Definitely. So Fair enough. I feel like you, ca- you can't really top it. It was you know an amazing experience. You had the rainbow jerseys, which... My sister was very happy that I got her one as a gift, um, <laughs> um, which also went 
online and we had, you know, the match-worn jerseys. We got to keep one and then one was bidded online. Yeah. Um, and we raised a lot of money for, um, oh, I can't remember, the private association that ran the um, event. Um, and each jersey went for over $300. So it was an amazing um, fundraising event as well as, you know, just a showcase of what the club's about and everything, you know, that stands for, you know, on social media, it stands for in action as well. And I think that's one of the things that I loved about being there in that environment. So talking up Adelaide United, does that mean you're going to be there next season as well? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, did you get a two-year contract or was it uh, season by season as was the situation at the Gorman? Yeah, they run it season by season. Yeah. Um, I think um, a lot of clubs do. Some clubs are looking more long-term. But, um, yeah, I'm off contract at the moment. Um, but, yeah, still unsure what's going to happen, but looking forward to hopefully another season in the A-League. Well, it is it is worth mentioning that on the women's A-League side of things, uh, Western United has been granted a licence as well. So the, the number of teams is going to be going up. Um, yeah. Which means, well, there's there's going to be one extra goalkeeper berth at least. You know? <laughs> well, you know, one starting goalkeeper as well as, you know, reserve goalkeeper. So a couple of extra spots for a goalkeeper. Um I can't say I'm really a fan of Western United, and I'm sure Central Coast Mariners are sitting there right now going, what do we have to do to get a licence? Because they've been trying to get their, yeah. their women's team back in. They used to have one, uh, trying to get it back in, and for some reason that keeps getting shut down, and yet Western United are in. But in any case, more teams, yeah. uh, the more teams the better as far as I'm concerned. We we should see every team with a, a, w League, uh, sorry, a women's league side as well. well. But that was the plan, wasn't it? I, I, I was under the impression that uh, the FA... Said, if you've got a men's side, yeah. you you're you need to have a women's side as well. It's yeah. the same as having a youth side. Yeah, exactly. I well, so okay. I think Macarthur's planning on bringing one in, and so, so I'm not sure what's going on with Central Coast because they have said a few times that they they want to put their team back in, that they're willing to do it, and for some reason the F, FA keeps uh, shutting them down. Uh, and of <laughs> course, on the other hand, you know Canberra United exists only in women's form, so to speak. No, yeah. They don't have a team in the men's league, which, again, I think is something oh, that crazy. should be rectified. Yeah, the Cosmos we need a, were, were great. Yeah. We need a team in the, uh, in, yeah, in the capital city. I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think, um, from what I heard, Central Coast are still really pushing to try and get um, a team in the league this year. Whether they will or not, I don't think um, we'll know for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think with more teams, you know, comes the opportunity to expand the league, whether... Um, they'll take it up or not. Um, I've heard it might be a similar length but more compressed. Yep. Um, so more games but in a shorter period of time, which means a lot of midweek games. Yep. Um, which, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, we're looking forward to when the season gets announced, you know, kind of figuring out a plan of where we're going to be, how long we're going to be there for and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, the sooner it can get announced, the more time us as players have to kind of plan for that sort of thing, yep. which is really helpful. Well, that, that's one of the other criticisms of the W League mm-hmm. slash A League women's is that not, uh, how short short in terms of game length the season is. So it's not whether it's compressed over, a, you know, X number mm. of months, but it's literally it's currently the play every team once and some teams yeah. twice AFL yeah. style, which I don't think anyone yeah. likes and doesn't doesn't help anyone either. You know, play every team twice. Get the more experience, uh, get more experience for the players. Mm. Uh, get it going, and then why not throw in a cup as well? Oh, cup! Yeah. How good would and, that be? Yeah, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. And I think there was also um, 
you know, Tony Gustafsson came out a few months ago and said, you know, if you want, if you want to be in the Matildas, you basically have to be overseas, yeah, um, yeah. which is disappointing yeah. from an Australian perspective exactly. because, you know, you want your national team players to be here in Australia, hmm. like, you know, role models for young players come to see them every week like it was when you had Sam Kerr playing at Perth Glory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, if the league here can't offer those players what they need, then they're going to have to go overseas. Um which is disappointing for us because, you know, we'd love to be at home as players and family would love to be able to see people play and exactly. it's good for, yeah. Yeah, no, but, I, I've never been a fan of, of that one. Um, you know, how, how can, you know, the, the Norwegian League be, be at a higher standard than, than the W League? Mm. You know, and, yeah. and, and if Gustafsson, you know, oh, you know, I'm playing in Norway. Brilliant. Great. Okay, no worries, but... Play play for Canberra. You, it, I would imagine that they're a similar standard. You know, obviously you know, Sam Kerr and and, and the um, the WSL. Yeah. I mean, that's and and Ellie Carpenter, um, Leon with Leon playing in the, in the Champions League. Yes, that that is a, a significantly higher standard. There's no two ways about that. But yeah, you know, if, if we can have uh, Miranda Templeman getting uh, poached by the Costa Rican. Um, Club and she's playing overseas, therefore she's in the running for for the Matildas. I, I like to think there's a bit more nuance to it than that. Ow. <laughs> right, well, again, it's... so if a Costa Rican club came knocking, Miranda, would you be willing to, <laughs> willing to go there to secure a you know Matildas uh. birthday on the <laughs> Hable Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I went to Spain and the only thing I learned in Spanish was yo no hablo español, which means I don't speak Spanish. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you might need to take those lessons back up again, uh, Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know a few Spanish words as well, but I can't actually say them on air in case any Spanish speakers are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So what else has uh, it's been happening? So uh, you're in Sydney at the moment. Yeah, so I'm back in Sydney now, living with um, my host family yep. again, which is the Henry family, um, so Bradley Henry of um, Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, so that's been awesome, just been able to slip back into them, and they're, yeah, amazing. Couldn't ask for a, um, a better host family that made me feel so comfortable here. And, um, yeah, doing the Future Matildas program, which is amazing. Right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Such a great standard. Um, we've Obviously, uh, Leah Blaney is head coach um, yes. of the program, so that's been awesome, and um, yeah, they've been brilliant at uh, keeping me involved with my rehab. So, I'll, you know, still go to every training session, do my rehab with the staff on the side, and you know, I can be more integrated into the training sessions as um, time comes on. So, yeah, once I got the wire out, I was able to start, you know, using my feet and doing some footwork. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's been progressive really nicely, and um, yeah, just enjoying my time back here over in the East Coast. I, I had thought you were playing in Victoria over the winter season. Did I, did I have that wrong? Obviously, I've got no, that wrong. So, yeah, I'm going to take that wingman <laughs> title away. He's got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't get it wrong, actually. So, oh, yeah. there you go. It, yeah. Another tick. <laughs> title back? Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically my schedule at the moment is um, Monday to Friday, I'm in Sydney. Yep. Um, I do my uni course during the week. I do future Matildas during the week. And then I actually fly to Melbourne on the weekend, um, stay with my boyfriend there and play. Well, I haven't played the game yet because I'm injured, but theoretically playing with um, FB Emerging in the Melbourne MPL and then back <laughs> back again Monday morning to start it all over again. Awesome. 
That's brilliant. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember being quite stunned. Uh, we're talking. 20 years ago now when, when Bobby Despotovsky was living in Perth but he was flying over That's to right. Sydney to That's play right. for Bonnie Rig White That's Eagles right, and yeah. thinking it's amazing to think that even at NPL level players are flying across the country um, but now we're sort of you know, we're sort of extending that again. So you're living in Sydney, you're flying down to Melbourne for games at, at women's level, which is, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it gets a bit hectic, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely great. Um, I've become a frequent flyer. Like, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah well you're up those points. <laughs> yeah, good work. Yeah, that's, oh, that is amazing. Is she still there? Miranda? Oh, think, yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Don't, don't go quiet. Don't it go scares quiet. you. It really freaks him out when, when the guests are quiet. Oh, my goodness. I had a panic attack again. You're <laughs> <laughs> no, doing a good job, Huey. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's always nice to hear those compliments. That's because you're, you're the other side of the country. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome, Miranda. Um, we're going to. Um, I think we'll let you go there. We're going yeah. to let you go because I know you've got uh, other commitments for this afternoon. So, so hang on, are you in Melbourne right now or Sydney? Sydney. I'm actually in Sydney this weekend. I'm driving up to the Hunter Valley for um, a family wedding. That's it. So oh, okay. You yeah. caught me somewhere between Sydney and Newcastle. Oh, all right. Oh, you you driving? Oh, no, like we've stopped at the petrol station just for you guys. Oh, oh thank you. Chat. Oh, I <laughs> didn't need to do that, but we uh, we appreciate your time and thank you uh, for, for joining us. We'll and be... and, and um, just when you're through Newcastle, just give them a boo out the window <laughs> for me. Just, just... <laughs> Throw that Coke can out the window. Yeah. Just, yeah, right, not that I'm, you know, just no, aiming, so aiming for the bin. Went to the, um, <laughs> we actually went to the FA or the Australia Cup match uh, last night in Sydney and... Um, Oh, okay. The RBB were certainly going off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, were, we'll, we'll discuss that. So you were one of the 824 people there? I was one of the 824 <laughs> uh, people that were at the game, and I've got some good photos of the players going off next to the grandstands and awesome. you know, the chants and stuff. Um, yeah, great atmosphere. Obviously, they would have been <laughs> a lot happier, the RBB, if they had gotten over him, but it was a good match, actually. Yeah, great. Excellent. Oh, that's a good way to finish the, uh, the, the chat. Thank you very much, Miranda. <laughs> no worries. You enjoy your, the wedding, and um, we'll talk to you later on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Brilliant. See you, Miranda. Bye. And that was Miranda Templeman, the young Matilda's superstar, and... Uh, Soon to be Costa Rica's number one. Well, yeah, as we say, so uh, <laughs> playing in Costa Rica. Well, hopefully she's in the squad and, and playing in Costa Rica. But yeah, so the uh, Women's World Cup. I know there's there's you know most of the focus in the footballing world is on a small little tournament coming up in Qatar with the title World Cup. But what, what's that one? Uh, some little Mickey Mouse thing. I don't know. Just okay. World Cup or something. Uh, men's World Cup. Is it? But, but yeah, so the the FIFA Under Twenty Women's World Cup is is also coming up. Um, before then, yep, in in August, and uh, SBS will SBS Australia will be broadcasting all the Australian matches. So as they progress through the uh, through the tournament, we'll be able to see more and more of those games, and they have locked in the semi-finals and the final for that uh, tournament. So Excellent. that's that's Excellent. good news. And one of the things I do like about the the Youth World Cups, um, both male and female, is that. Th- you tend to see different teams mm. pop up. I, yep. I mean, even as far back as the eighties, Qatar who kind of a bit of a joke in footballing terms 
they they had made semi-finals of like the whatever it was called back then, but the under twenty World Cup men's yeah, World no, Cup. I, you know, so that, yeah. that was in Australia. I saw Qatar. Oh, they they, they played the Highmarsh Stadium. Yep. So that group was Germany, Qatar, Egypt, and who was the other country? I can't remember the other country now. But yeah, I got to yeah, it was absolutely sensational. Yeah, you, and, you, and and you you see in Qatar going look because they were wearing their their maroon top and like. That the club I played for at that time, Elizabeth Downs, they played in Moran. It was the first time I'd actually seen anybody else yeah. playing in, in, in that colour. And there they are internationally. Yeah, that was a brilliant tournament. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's one of the, the beauties of the of the youth tournaments is you know, it's sort of not at not the, the usual suspect, so to speak, yeah. at times progressing. Now, having said that, now that I've said that, it'll be like, you know, Germany versus Brazil in the final or something. But, yeah, theoretically, <laughs> at least it's... It's it's a little bit more open, and although even even the list of teams again is kind of the usual suspects. There's no there's no sort of yeah, well, that's really down, unusual. That's down to the to yeah. the group size, obviously. Yeah, yeah but we'll get onto that one uh, later on. We've got uh, uh, our next guest, Derek Pollock, who's going to talk to us all things EPL. Uh, he's uh, going to be on the line very shortly. We'd like to uh, go to a quick break, and we will be back very very shortly. You've got Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program on. 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Stick with us. Plenty more to come. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.9 Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to what we saw right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online keep in touch through FaceTime and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Joining us now, Derek Pollack. Morning, Derek. Morning, Harry. Morning, Pete. How are you guys? Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete's giggling. He's seen that look on my face. Uh, yeah. uh, it's good to good for you to join us there, uh, Derek. Mate, EPL, it's going absolutely gangbusters. We're coming to the business end of the season very, very quickly. Uh, how have you seen it so far? Well, for a start, I'm going to stop tipping Everton to lose because every time they do, <laughs> they go out that night and they give it a blinder. So I'm now tipping them to stay up comfortably. So okay. that's, where we, that's where we'll start. That's disappointing. But, um, uh, yeah. I, I, we were discussing it off air, Pete, myself, that uh, you know Everton being the, the big club that they're not, don't <laughs> sign players to a relegation contract, uh, relegation clause, and I was like, was hoping to see them go down, and they would absolutely exploit. There's still only two points from relegation. Yep. Uh, we've got in that relegation zone Norwich, who have been confirmed mm-hmm. uh, down, Watford, who have been confirmed down, and then it's uh, one from basically one from three. You've got Leeds on 34 points with two games to play, Burnley on 34 points with three games to play, and Everton on 36 points with three games to play. You still think Everton are safe? 
Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds are doing their best self-destructing. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. Between a- not having enough players to start with, then getting injuries, and then having about three players sent off <laughs> and out for the next few games in the last few weeks, then um, I think they're at a point now where they don't actually have a winger that's fit. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that old tactic. Or, or from, not suspended. Yeah, from the seventies, where players would get themselves uh, a red card two weeks before the end of the season, so they could start their holidays early. <laughs> <laughs> Managers were not happy. It's like you've done that on purpose. Oh, come on, Gaffer, I wouldn't do that. See you later. I'm off to Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, the old rumor with, with Neymar getting himself suspiciously injured just before Carnival every year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, at the other end of the uh, the table, we've got. Uh, well, it's a neck-and-neck neck race, isn't it? Liverpool and Man City uh, both have got two games to play and there's only, well, three points between them and City can't seem to lose. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's basically four points because of the goal difference. So yeah, That's true. Unless, yeah. yeah, unless City lose and Liverpool pull out a big win, um, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to see City dropping... I mean, they'd have to drop really two games, wouldn't they, at this point? They, they drop one, and they're probably, depending on, on the results, they're probably still safe. Yep. Yep. Um, so they'd have, to, they'd have to not win both, and I just can't see that happening. Uh, you know, I, would, I would imagine they would, they would win both. They're, they've demonstrated this amazing ability to compartmentalise um, sort of disappointment when they lose things like the Real Madrid game. Just to put that away to the side and go, right, OK, let's, let's come out and you know, put five past. Um, Newcastle, yeah. and then four pass and De Bruyne pulls out his sort of cheat code performance away from home and <laughs> yeah. scores four against Wolves. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. Which I'm sure did, didn't disappoint you in any way, yeah. um, given your black country loyalties. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that. No, I had a big smile on my face. Always happy to see, um, I was going to use the, uh, the euphemism there, the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, those from the, the Albion, from the blue side of uh, Birmingham. No, the, the, the phrase I was going to use, it starts with a D, but I won't do that. Um, so City have got West Ham coming up uh, tomorrow after the FA Cup. Um, that, that'll be a tough game for them. Uh, West Ham looking to maintain their push for European football. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those games. Isn't it? It'll be tough. Um, West Ham pose quite a, quite a threat, um, but I just can't see City not winning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I just, I just think City are just, yeah, they're gonna, the season's on the line, and um, you know, they're, they're gonna do the job that they normally do, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. The, the, the question for that game more will be where do West Ham finish, and then does that change what Declan Rice feels is the glass ceiling at, at the sort of the East London club? You know, apparently, word on the street has been, or well, on the street in the papers, is that he's been offered an eight-year. Two hundred thousand pound a week contract, and so we'll see. Yeah. Trying to assuage um, Man United or Chelsea or clubs like that from bidding for him, so it'll be interesting to see where that where that lands. Yeah, you've you've just lost as a listener there. Sean Kelly will have turned off almost <laughs> immediately with any thought of Declan Rice leaving the uh, leaving the Hammers. He's he oh he he loves that man. <laughs> yeah, so West Ham of. Uh, Seventh at the moment, 55 points, five clear of uh, Wolves. So, again, with two games to play, um, they're only three points, actually, behind Man United. So mm. they, they might be able to, uh, to shore that European place up in the next game, uh, if they can get past City. And a, and a better goal difference. That's so, true yeah. enough, yeah. But, you know. So the FA Cup... Yeah, I think it'll come down to the final, the final game there, because um, I, I feel West Ham will not have enough to... Well, again, I'll say this, and... and 
watch watch it now. You know, West Ham will come out and 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 score three early goals, and and City will just you know explode. But um, <laughs> but I'm sure City City will probably win. Um, and so it'll come down to that final game, I think, with Wolves and and West Ham. Yeah, so West Ham their final games against Brighton, um, Brighton are comfortably safe, so they've they've nothing to play for. And um, where's United? Can't well, United have got uh, Crystal Palace away, so that um, mm, again Palace safe in the uh, in yeah, mid table. Yeah, which uh, you know I long for those days <laughs> when the album was safe in mid table. We are still safe mid table, but yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. division below. <laughs> I know we talk about nothing to play for, but um, United have had a lot to play for um, for a long time, and and have looked like they haven't. So you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that one down for the Crystal Palace game. Yeah, you know, I would. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Palace pulled out hmm. some kind of result there. Um, hmm. You know, you know, Yard's players look like they switched off quite a long time ago. I mean, Brighton, who you know struggled all season to score, um, put four past them, and you know could have been five or six. So you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if if um, United didn't win that game. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm just looking at the table, obviously, but uh, yeah, Brighton ninth have a uh, negative four goal difference. Yeah, I'd, that's that's really odd that you you know comfortably well, top half of the table and like you say, uh, well, Derek, they, yeah. they can't score to save their life. Yeah. Well, no, not just you know. I was actually looking at the table in general. It's like um, the top seven have all got a positive goal difference and more wins than losses, and eighth out of. 20, there are already more losses than wins and negative goal difference. The one, yeah. the one exception is Palace down in 11th have a have a positive goal difference, but it's sort of unusual. You get all, the, you know, eighth in the EPL, eighth out of 20 is pretty high, and yet you've still lost more games than you've won. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. Brighton have, have a unique, um, <laughs> a unique team where they, they've 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 all their underlying metrics. If you look at you know xG, expected goals against, all all the underlying metrics are phenomenal for Brighton. They just have. They've got the biggest gap between expected goals and actual goals <laughs> um, in the Premier League, and and that's been consistent since Graham Potter's kind of been there, uh, where they play really good football, um, really progressive with the way they try and play, um, have a lot of good build-up play, but they just can't seem to score a goal, um, and that's been an issue for a long time. And that's why it was so shocking when they they haven't gone to any really serious length to try and address that in the last couple of transfer windows. Maybe they assumed Neil Mulpey would and Trossard would suddenly start putting them in the back of the net a bit more. But um, yeah. that's why I think, you know, a, a, a striker going to Brighton um, is, is fairly likely. Um, they're looking at Odson Edouard for a while. Um, that didn't happen, obviously, because he's at Crystal Palace. But um, yeah. the infamous Seagull, <laughs> Eagle, Derby. Yeah. Um, now that you've mentioned it, I actually wanted to ask, this expected goals thing that we're Here seeing we these days... How is that calculated? Do you do you know how they come up with this value? I, I tried to do a bit of a hunt on online about it, and all the articles I saw talking about it were talking more in terms of, you know, your chance from of scoring from a specific position. So it's almost like a shooting percentage in basketball, yeah. you know, inside the keyway yeah, versus that, outside. Whereas that's basically effectively what it is. Where every time there's a shot, yeah, um, so it's a little bit subjective, obviously, um, and different companies have do their own calculation. But basically, every time there's a shot, they look at where the shot is taken from, how far from goal, how much pressure, all of the sort of factors that would affect this shot, um, and then what is the chance from zero to one of that going in. I, I, so, for example, a penalty is like 0. 0.7. Yeah, yeah. 
um, a, a tap in from the line is a point nine five or something like that. Yeah, Vincent Company's shot against Leicester a couple of years ago to clinch the title was like a point oh five. I, I, I can understand that. I like I fully get behind that. But when when there's sort of like a game's about to start, you know, sort of like we're watching an A League match and they're saying, oh yeah, Melbourne Melbourne City expected goals for this game is two and a half. As like, how how do they decide that? They're expecting Melbourne. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they would predict yeah. expected goals. Other yeah, so than I, that's the bit. This I is where they care. produce yeah. shots most of the time. Yeah, and this is where they most likely produce shots in games on average against this sort of team. And, you know, you can do those sorts of metrics in yeah. terms of um, what's the defence like in the team, what's the attack like in this team, what's the, you know any unique um, situations between those two exact teams. Yeah. But, but it's most useful in terms of um, what has happened. Yeah, so so basically, it's a bit of that statistical that voodoo. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good because you know you, you can you can sort of say, um, well, I mean, you can look at games like, for example, a couple of years ago when Tottenham got done in seven one by um, by Munich in the um, in the Champions League, um, and you know you can have all sorts of catastrophe about how bad Tottenham played, and you look at it, and you go, well, by Munich's expected goals was actually about two point something, so yeah. they overachieved massively and, and all their shots just happened to be worldies. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it allows you to sort of not catastrophize beyond or not disproportionately catastrophize. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and a way to look at Benzema in this season's Champions League where he's scoring his actual goal is about three and a half or, no, so it's about five rather over his expected goal. Really? So he's just pulling out absolute, like his goal in the first leg against Man City was, the ball was behind him and he, and he pulled it <laughs> around his body <laughs> Into the into the post and into the net. It was, yeah, exceptional. No, he's a terrific player. Uh, the FA Cup on tonight. Uh, Derek, you got any interest in that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, always interested in that. I'm probably, probably watch it. Um, as someone with two small children, eleven o'clock is is, is far too late. For me. <laughs> um, as, as I'm, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting as well. Um, you know. My biggest fear this season is is the chance of Liverpool doing quadruple. Um, <laughs> uh, that will just kill me. Um, so, um, hope any chance. I mean, I know City will probably hit them in the league, but just any chance to ensure that the quadruple isn't happening um, is good for me. But it's also interesting because Chelsea under Tuchel have been into every single final that they've been able to get into under yeah. Tuchel, yeah. Um, and they've won most of them. So, you know, they haven't won all, obviously, because Liverpool beat them in the, in the League Cup. But, um, but, yeah, so they are an exceptional knockout team. Mm. Uh, oh, and the Champions League this year, obviously, as well. So, mm. But this year is kind of their off one. But, I mean, it's interesting. So they're normally quite a good cup team. Um, but then how much has the potential um, purchase and the potential sale and the transfer embargo and all that, how much has that negatively impacted the club? That looks lately like it probably has quite a lot. Yep. Um, and just the, the, the sort of, you know, all of the doubts about, like, am I going to get paid at the end of this month or <laughs> end of this week? And am I, you know, I, I mean, the number of players have got out of contract who they legally can't sign to a new contract because they yeah. can't sign contract yet. Yeah. Um, so Rudiger's gone, Christensen's gone, apparently Athila Quetta is gone. So this would be the last chance, this could be the last chance for quite a while um, for Chelsea to compete for major honour because if you look at almost their entire backline is gone, um that's going to cost a lot of money to replace. Um, you know, do they have that sort of money to replace it? Um, how many other players are going to go or potentially go? Um, and will the new owners invest in the squad? Or, you know, the, the club ran at a £100 million loss last year, so will they look at that and maybe go, let's not invest straight away? 
you know, who knows what Chelsea will look like next year. You know, potentially be another Abramovich where they'll find a lot of plays and everything will be hunky-dory, but potentially not. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah that, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've um, discussed on this show several times that you buy success yeah. at, at your peril. Yes, you get success, but then, you know, unforeseen circumstances. Derby County comes to mind immediately when your your benefactor goes, "Don't want to pay the bills anymore. See you later." Yeah. And then, yeah. you, you know, you, you see what's happened to them. They've, you know, poor poor situation. One of the interesting facts with this FA Cup, uh, which I've just had a look, Jurgen Klopp, good old Kloppy, mm-hmm. is the first manager to reach the finals of the Champions League, the FA Cup, and the League Cup in the same season. How sensational is that? I don't like Kloppy. I really don't. The guy overachieves. He really should be given uh, chances to other managers. Were you aware of that? Yeah, one, yeah no, I, I didn't really realise that stat. Um, so that obviously, Man United didn't get into the League Cup final that year when they won the treble. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look, fantastic. I mean, Klopp. There's anyone who doubts his ability to manage team is I do. just <laughs> beyond me because he's yeah, he's just. An absolute wizard um, when it comes to football management. Um, you know, yes, they spend a lot of money, but that that's all been, um, you know, if you look at their net spend, their net spend's not massive um, compared com- compared to the level of success and um, the net spend of clubs they're beating. So to do that um, and, yeah, play his style of football, but also to do it uh, in a way where he is also, you know, developing plays in a, in, a, in a unique way. You know, he's taking plays like Milner, who looked like they were past and yeah. gone and, and turning yeah. them into, you know, Premier League winning players. So, yeah, I mean, the man is a genius. And there's no real other way to put it than that. To, you know, to win Bundesliga with with Dortmund um, consecutively and, and just challenge Bayern as much as they did. Uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. All right, you've sold me. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take it back. When, you know, he's not managing my side, so I don't like him. <laughs> now, another interesting fact. Did you know Liverpool could win both of England's domestic cup competitions in the same season for the first time since 2001? That's been a long time. Oh, I was just thinking that's not that long ago. So, when you I, think how long the you know, competition... I, I was expecting you to go since the first time since, you know... 1892 World or something. Or something yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about Liverpool, not West Brom. 1968 is the last time we were in a cup final. Bloody hell. That's, uh, well, yeah, that's, anyway. Um, got a prediction for the cup? Chelsea? Liverpool? Oh, go to Liverpool. Yeah, okay. yeah, I thought you would. Yep, yep fair enough. Uh, now. Talking the, of managers. Go on. And. In the UK, although not in... Um, here we go. Here we go. We've, yep. we've, we've seen an Aussie win the uh, Scottish Your Premier League. Your beauty. Oh. Yeah, oh, and he's... he's yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw um, David Squire's um, recent one in The Guardian, but I'm, I'm yes. perilously close to being the, the Robbie Slater from that cartoon of, you know, <laughs> preach to me, preach. <laughs> Just, yeah, he's amazing, isn't he? And I think, I think what, what gets overlooked as well... Um, by a lot of people, and it's easy to do so, I guess, because it's Celtic. Um, it's just go, you won the league with Celtic. Yay. Like, you can't, you know, how great, really easy. But I think a lot of that, um, yeah, just sort of um, overlooks um, the fact, like, just how far behind they were from Rangers last year. They were yeah. just just yeah. not in the same planet as Rangers last year. There was about 25-point difference or something. That's right, um, yeah. And then not only to overturn that, but to overturn that... Um, when you've lost most of your key players um, between seasons, 
Um, and then to also apps like not just change but revolutionise how football is played at yeah. the club. Yeah, like, it's just it's two different teams. And so to do all of that in in the first season when you've been hired quite late, and then you have your first two weeks have been stuck in isolation, um, and to do that with a level of sort of um, I mean, I'm going to say xenophobia um, <laughs> upon your arrival to the in, um, to the club um, is just yeah immense. And the first Aussie manager to manage in the um, UEFA Champions League next year. Yes. That's a, there you go. That's a good stat as well. Good on you, Derek. Well done. <laughs> you know, so, you, yeah, it'll be think... good. So it'll be interesting because um, achieving, unless you're Brendan Rogers, achieving in Scotland isn't enough to get you a, a gig elsewhere. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in, um, in Europe because that's really make or break for a Celtic manager. Well, that's right. um, you know, winning the league is great, but... Um, and to be fair, he's won more titles in one season than Stephen Gerrard did in three seasons. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have an immense playing career to fall back on. So I guess, like, that's kind of what got CVG over the line with a few things. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so, you know, it's impressive. And, you know, if he does well in Europe, that's when really um, European clubs will, will come in. And, yeah. and the English clubs probably will be like, right, let's yeah. get this guy in. Pete and I were talking uh, off air. I, I hope he doesn't go to the EPL. I really don't. Because as, as I've said to Pete, it, it's just a sacking machine. You know, you lose three games in a row, that's it, you're out the door. It's like, hang on a minute, you, look at look at the resume. Look look at the, mm. like you've said, Derek. I mean, not only did he come in, he signed uh, astutely, he's revolutionised the way they play, and I can see in, in the EPL they'll go, oh, you've lost three games, out the door. Mm. It, I hope he goes somewhere somewhere better than that. You know, because I mean, he's he's not likely to get one of the the bigger clubs. I mean, he might get Chelsea. You, you well, never you know. Never but know, yeah. um, you know, Pep's ingrained at, at City. Kloppy's ingrained at Liverpool. You know, would he want to take on Burnley? Would he want to take on Crystal Palace? I mean, I'm, I'd be very yeah. Very I, I could reluctant. see him at like a a forward thinking club. Like I'd like to see him, like you say, maybe go to Germany, something like that. Where yeah. um, or or Spain, I think would do quite well there. Um, and I could see, I could actually see him at City uh, in the not too distant future. I mean, he was at Yokohama F Marinos, which is um, which is a City Football Group club. Yep, um, that's true enough. And yeah. I was reading an article with um, with our interviewing Peter Lowell, the the Celtic um, CEO, I believe. Yeah. Um, and his son is a City Football Group scout, um, and that's how kind of Ange popped up on Celtic's radar. Was Peter Lowell had his son basically say, "Look, check out this guy." and kept tabs on him for a while. Um, and so, you know, I think Andrew back himself at any club in England. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I... I, I um, for someone who watches English Premier League as much as I do, um, it's odd that I, you know, I, I get a little bit annoyed with, like, the, you know, let's overestimate how good the English Premier League is at all times and things like that and that sort of attitude. Um, and let's... Just that... The criticism online of like the quote unquote farmers league at literally every single league that isn't the English Premier League, which just <laughs> annoys me. Infuriates <laughs> me to no end. Um, but yeah, no, I th- I'd like to see him go to somewhere different. Um, you know, a Spain or a Germany would be quite good. I'd like to see him in France, even. Um, yeah. You know, maybe somewhere like Lyon would be. Um, you know, they've got a lot of very, very, very good young players um, and an ama- amazing academy. Um, and Peter Bush is doing a pretty horrific job there at the moment <laughs> and we'll be lucky to still have a job there at the end of the season. I think he should be sacked um, given the performance he's done. So look, a Lyon could be there in the not-too-distant future. Somewhere like that would be good. 
Yeah. How long do you think he would stay at Celtic? Like, obviously, if someone comes knocking with a dump truck full of money, he would lose. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, sort of everything being even, do you, do you see him staying at Celtic for three or four years? Or do you think they'll almost say, you know, you've, you've sort of, you've sorted us out, job done, and um, then look for someone else? Or do you think they'll just stay with him as long no, as they keep I mean, from Celtic's end, it would have to be Keith Ange because he's become a cult hero with the fans. Yep. Um, I don't actually see any of, any of the TIFOs. Um, <laughs> where it was like, a, a, the, you know, um, and there stood a mighty man with his fist in the air or something like that. Yep. It was this massive yep. stadium-wide battle of ads. <laughs> you know, so he's become a bit of a cult hero. Um, so Celtic won't get rid of him. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like three or four years is, is in this day and age is really the sort of, um, the sort of, yeah, the, the, the lifespan of a manager at most clubs. Yeah, fair and um, even in that um, article, I don't know if it was maybe specific to, J- to Japan, but Ange was saying, you know, I've been here for four years now, it's time to look somewhere else. Yep. So I think that sort of three to five year mark is, you know, you, you go there, you build, you know, you, you sort of, you need to build a, a new side, really, every sort of three to five years. And so you do one life cycle oh, through okay. with, a, with, a, with a group um, and then move on. Yeah. Yep. You know, obviously there, there, there are a lot of managers that... Um, that go beyond that um, because, uh, you know, like Jürgen Klopp, for example. Yeah. But, but by and large, um, that's the sort of the standard sort of time in this day and age. Um, and it's, it's interesting, though, because, yeah, some, some managers will stick beyond that because of either they're at a club where you can't really go any higher, um, you know, where do you go to from Liverpool, um, or they're at a club where they're kind of, you know, manager has decided that they're at their level. You know, they're not probably not quite good enough to take the step up to a super club. Yep. And they're at like a middling club and, and are quite happy there and achieving success consistently and have it comfortable and go, yeah, why would I leave here? But so, you know, you get those odd examples. But other than that, yeah. it's sort of about three to five years is what I would expect to manage. And then after, if he does well in Europe this year, come this, this coming season, because they get straight into the Champions League group, group stages now. So, yeah. Celtic, I mean, not Celtic, Scotland's coefficient has moved up enough that if, I hope they don't, but if Rangers win the um, Europa League, then. Um, yeah. That'll be two Scottish teams in the group stage of the Champions League for the first time in quite a while. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, if, but if he does well in Europe, as soon as he starts doing well in Europe, then that's when other clubs are going to be like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I did <laughs> jump onto the uh, the Talking Celtic forum very early on when, when they announced they'd signed him, and, and the general consensus was, who? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas there was a fair few... Who and from where, yeah. yeah <laughs> there was a fair few Aussies on there that were talking him up. They were yeah. like, oh... You should have seen what he's done with Brisbane, what he's yeah, done with Melbourne, yeah. what he's done, and, and you know the sort of the the non Aussies were like, well, what does that count? That that all counts. Yeah. But nowadays, obviously, if you jump on there now, man, the tune has changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's one thing that annoys me to no end about Scottish football, and this is from someone who follows follows Scottish football religiously. Um, our inability to be self-aware of where Scottish football is in the, in the grand <laughs> pyramid, and we're acting like it's you know it's as good as the Premier League, and if you haven't managed in you know the Premier League, then you're not good enough for it, and whatever. You know, it's like we're we're not where we talk about where we are, really not. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, the World Cup um, qualification is going to help that. Yeah, hopefully oh, qualify. Yeah. That'd be good. Two two international tournaments in a row. Come from. One in my lifetime to two in sort of a couple of years would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Derek, thank you very much for joining us. We've got a, a, a jam-packed show. We really do appreciate your, your input into the show and uh, we look forward to talking with you very, very soon. 
Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Good Thanks, on Derek. You. Thank you. That was Derek Pollock, our EPL expert and uh, Scottish expert. Oh, that's me. Sorry. There we go. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> he beat me to the hang-up. <laughs> I've had that uh, feeling more than a few times. It's like, oh, let me... Okay, no worries. Um, yeah, so we've got... Uh, Neil Bennett coming up next. I had to double check then. Neil Bennett will be coming up. He's going to talk to us all things NPL. And we'll get some uh, scores from uh, the greatest wingman in the world uh, (laughs) while we tee that one up. So you're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program. We'll be back very, very shortly. Stick with us. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. One oh seven point nine FM, your local station. Oh, that didn't sound right, did it? 107.9 FM, Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. That's the show you're listening to at the moment. You've got Hugh Best and Pete Skelia, the uh, the trainee and the greatest wingman the world's <laughs> ever seen. Um, on the line now is Neil Bennett. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Hugh. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. How uh, is life looking for you at the moment, mate? Uh, pretty good, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, it's obviously... Um Always good when you've got nearly a full round of fixtures in front of you. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the games fell foul of COVID uh, yesterday. That seems to be an ongoing theme, really, doesn't it, for the season so far? The MPLW. Um, it is unfortunate. It is it is what it is. Um, and it, but it does mean that teams are starting to feel the pinch. I think, or will do very soon in terms of playing these uh, catch-up games, especially Balcata. Yeah, uh, having only only having played three games so far that. They've got a lot, uh, lot of games to catch up. They do indeed, and uh, the 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 last game was it the last game they played. They got uh, gubbed by Armadale six nil. 
No. Am I, NPL men uh, or NPL women? Oh, um, yeah, we on the yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm yeah. They, so Balcato went down. We'll give we'll give a go quick on, run through on, the results and we'll Pete. sort sort things out there. So Friday oh, last okay. week, um, Perth Glory one nil over Balcato Etna, and then on the Saturday Coburn and Armadale in the Southern Derby played out a two all yeah. draw. Bayswater City over Florida Athena six one, which was a bit of a surprise. That's the one. And uh, and then on the so there had been a couple of postponed games, or at least there's no results up. Um, and then on the Sunday, uh, Gwalup Croatia hosted Sterling Macedonia. Uh, Macedonia winning that one one nil. And yep. I don't think we're going to say no, anything not. about that match. No, no. Oh, well, we, we, we won't touch that one with a barge pole. Really, no, that's no, all up to football west. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the so the NPA will table at the moment. We got. Uh, Bayswater City on top on 14 points. So no, yes, that's right. Uh, am I looking at the right table there? Yeah, I am. And Sorrent- <laughs> sorry, it's, it's a tough breakfast today. Uh, Sorrento second on 13, tied with Florida Athena also on 13. Uh, bottom end of the table, Perth SC. There's a shock seeing them down the wrong end of the table. Uh, three points, Gwellup Croatia one and Balcata Etna still on no points. Yep, and that's and, why we've got Neil on. We've got an expert who can uh, go. Gu- guide us through this. How's the season Well, working? yeah. Um, I think it, it, it's beginning to shake up now. Mm. Um, obviously, Balcata, it it's been a horror start for them. Yeah. Um, they don't have an easy game today either. They, they're playing Perth Red Star. That's correct. Um, uh, sitting in fourth at the moment, uh, Red Star. Their game was called off last week. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Guelap are also, notwithstanding what happened on, on Sunday uh, last week, they're in a world of pain at the moment as well. But you're right; it's, it's very strange to see Perth down there. Yeah, um, they haven't played their full round of games. I mean, they've only played four games, so I think True. they've got some catch-ups to do as well. And, you would expect them expect them to come back. The yeah. you know the, the culture of the club is such that they probably won't be happy with this at all. And last season it was a similar story, really, where they they started off slowly but then came rushing in with a bang. Well, that's right. Uh, I was to their credit to too. I mean, we say they're in tenth spot. They've They've played less games than everyone else, so four games, three of them were a draw and one loss. So it's not like it's it's not woven. It's not like they're getting thumped week in, week out. It's you know three out of four games finished as a draw. So they're not, you know, not not trying to talk them down too much. No, no. And uh, as I said last season, showed us that you, you can't write them off. I think as you move further up the table, though, um, Sterling Macedonia are doing very well yep. at the moment. Um, you know, newly promoted, but won four already and only lost one. So they've got a couple of games that they've got to catch up. So it does depend on the depth and strength, really, these squads as you're going through the season and, and how that all plays out. But they're certainly looking good. Perth Glory, I'm, actually, I'm still not sure if uh, if Alex is still in charge. Alex Apakis, um uh, was watching the game last week um, against... Uh, who did they play last week? I forget now, but they... Um, I couldn't see him on the bench, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure if he's still in charge. But they're going well, Glory. Um, yeah. And then... Florida, they've just dropped off the pace a little bit. That was quite the result last week um, mm. for them to lose as heavily as that. Um, you wouldn't see that one coming with Basie. No, but Basie have done really well. Um, you know, to to come to come back up to the towards the top of the table is really good for them. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's cool. right. Yeah, so um, Glory played Barracuda last week with a one 0 win to the Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear, God, be got a bit of a tickle going on here. <laughs> It's definitely not Rona, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we're going to be able to get it through the microphone anyway, so that's good news. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's a good season so far, I think. You know, it's tight. You've got the top six all... 
Um, as I said, they're, they're starting to, to be a bit of a breakaway there uh, with the rest of the table. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, um, it's shaping up to be another good season in the NPL. Yeah, so we had... Um, so we so the fi- fixtures for this week... Go on. F- ...for today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Armadale hosting Gwellup Croatia. Uh, Perth and Coburn City are playing today and they're, they're having their annual Peter Cup. That is not named after me. There's certain other people also called <laughs> Peter. Uh, Florida Athena at home against Inglewood United. Perth Red Star away to Balcata Etna. Sterling Macedonia hosting Bayswater City and Perth Glory against Sorrento. So I, I don't know if there's been any suspensions, any, any games postponed there or not, but... Um, no, at the moment it looks it looks full, and then um, just looking at the uh, the fixtures there, you'd say that the pick of the round is probably going to be the one at, uh, at Macedonia Park yeah. uh, mm. between Sterling and Bayswater. I think that'll be a very good game. Yeah. Um, obviously, Balcada will be absolutely desperate, not just to get some points, but to get a goal. Um, <laughs> they haven't scored yet, and that you know that that's a real concern. Uh, they tightened it up a little bit against Glory last week. Uh, last Friday, it looked a little bit stronger defensively, but uh, yeah, some some real problems there for them. I've, um, sorry, I've got and, them with and, um, two goals scored. Oh, two. Sorry, I beg your pardon. So they, I, yeah, I think they scored, yeah, and twenty, but, and 20 uh, against. Yeah, yeah, but let's not stick the boot in them too yeah, much. Yeah, they yeah, have, but, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. A minus eighteen goal <laughs> difference is, uh, yeah, that doesn't uh, suggest striking power, does it? All right, sorry, Belcat. I was trying to you know talk you guys up a bit, but everyone else is just sticking the boots into you. No, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we love I mean, Balcatta. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but you know they've got a, they've got a good culture down there, yeah. and uh, they're working hard. Um, it's just it's a tough start to the season, isn't it? Absolutely. Coat, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, the game today it's not going to be very easy for them against Red Star. Um, mm. You know, Red Star playing well, uh, good football under Kenny. Um, so uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, Florida will obviously be wanting to bounce back after last week. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it might be a tough game for Inglewood today. Yeah, I've uh, refereed a few of those games. They, they were always uh, <laughs> they were crackers. I've, yeah, you, it, it, like you say, Neil, there's a couple of games you want to go and get to get down to see. That those are the two I would have uh, picked. That that Florida Inglewood game, or the like you say, the the probably match of the round, the, the Sterling Bayswater game. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think that that one uh, that one would be very good. I think, yeah, absolutely. So, what else have we got? To, what have I got? Oh, it's not. So, oh, moving, moving down to Go Division on. 1. Go on, then. All right, so Division 1 last week's results were uh, Rockingham City 2-1 over Joondalup United, Quinns FC 2-0 over UWA Netherlands, Fremantle City 1-0 over Forestfield United, Western Knights defeated Olympic Kingsway 2-0, which was a bit of a shock. Uh, top of the table clash there, and Olympics still stay top, even despite the loss. Uh Subiaco AFC lost at home against Mandurah City, 5-2. That's the only away win in the list. And Dianella White Eagles had a 2-0 win over uh, Murdoch University Melville. That was Dianella's first win and gets them just off the bottom of the table there. So uh, uh, Bobby's still coaching them, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I haven't, haven't heard any different um, okay. from that. Uh, um, Kingsway, um, that was that was the first loss, wasn't it, last week? It was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so both the teams were unbeaten, weren't they, in that game? Yeah. Uh, Kingsway and the Western Knights. So, yeah, that was uh, that would have been a good game. Uh, nice ground at Kingsway as well. It's, uh, it's it's a very well set up situation they've got there. Um, must admit, I don't know a huge amount about uh, about the state league and, and all of that. But um, yeah, seeing Bobby uh, down at Dianella, that's uh, it's 
he has his uh, detractors, but look, there's no doubt the man has got passion for the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, I don't think he'd be too happy with the start that they've got, so I'm sure he'll be cheering them up uh, to get them going on that one. Deb, that's true enough. What about the uh, women's side of uh, of our sport? Um, what takes your fancy yeah. there? Yeah, so um, it kicked off last night um, with yeah. a draw. Uh, that was a draw. Yeah. Yep. yeah, between Fremantle and NTC. Um, it was quite an unusual game in as much as, um, you know, the, the, the stream coverage didn't pick up until the 35th minute so you didn't know what the score was it was nil nil at that point apparently and then two minutes two minutes later it's two nil and he thought i'm sure i did not sleep through two goals (laughs) (laughs) yeah they'd been scored earlier in the game um before the stream cut in so unfortunately the ntc players they didn't get their goals shown on the on the stream but then Frio fall back um to their credit uh, to get the equaliser in the last minute but the drama didn't end there because um, there was quite a nasty clash, uh, just an injury time with a free kick from the NTC. Um, it was pushed up by the Frio goalkeeper and then she and the NTC board collided and it looked like a head clash and she was down on the ground for six or seven minutes and they wow. eventually mm. had to take her off. Her head was banished and uh, Kat Jukic ended up in goal uh, for the last two minutes of the game. Um <laughs> Cat had come on in the 62nd minute um, as a substitute for Fremantle, and um, she was fairly influential. In fact, uh, her pass on to Jamie Lee Gale eventually led to the goal for Kayla Lyons. So having her coming off the bench is always a good thing. But I don't think she would have expected to have gone in goal. No. <laughs> so um, hopefully um, the keeper is okay. But yeah, her head was bandaged up. Uh, it was quite a nasty knock by the looks of things. Yeah, and um, with um couple of uh, games on tomorrow. We've got Balcata versus Red Star and Subiaco will be playing Curtin Uni. Mm. Um, yeah, so the Red Star game uh, against Balcata. Um, Balcata, as we mentioned earlier, when I thought we may have been talking about the women, so my <laughs> apologies about that. Uh, yeah, they've, they've had a difficult start. They've only played yep. three games. Um, they lost the first two. Um, they lost to Perth. Um, and uh, and they lost to Mum as well and hadn't scored a goal in those two games. And then they came up against Curtin and that turned out to be Dom Ganjimi's last game in charge for Curtin. Uh, they won that one 4-1, but they yeah. did go a goal down in that and they haven't played since. So uh, it's been very, very stop start. Red Star, on the other hand, um, they're just firing on all guns at the moment. Um, unbeaten, um, only conceded three goals. Yeah. Uh, Larissa Walsh is on fire up front, uh, lead, leading the, the race for the Golden Boot. Um, a good 3-0 win against Mum last week. So on form, you'd have to say this uh, favours Red Star. But in their previous guys as Redbacks, they had always got problems against Balcata. That's right. Um, yeah. it, it never seemed to be able to put them away. The night series game in the final, um, I think they dominated that and uh Going two goals down to come back in 4-2 was a fair reflection. But yeah, Balcatters seemed to always raise their game um, up against what were Redbacks and now Red Star. And then in the other game, um, a remarkable turnaround, really, because Subiaco, if they win that, will end up in the top four. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, they've been wooden spooners for the last two seasons. So Greg Farrell's done a fabulous job there already. Yeah. But it, it's a strange one. You know, they... they they beat NTC 2-0 coming off the back of a 9-0 uh, 
be, uh, beating by Red Star, yep. and then the following week they lose five nil to Perth. Yep. So definitely there appears now to be a pecking order being established in the top three. Yep. And then the final spot in the top four is really up for grabs between anybody from Mum to uh, Subiaco. Um, even, uh, I think, you could go down and Balcata, um could even do it. And NTC. Mm. NTC are always a joke in the pack. You don't know yeah. what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. And they would be really disappointed because uh, last night I thought they had chances to win that game in the second half. Um, a two-goal lead and to lose it in the last minute, it's always a bit of a, a gut-wrenching one, that one. But, <laughs> you know, other other games, they can just fall apart completely. So you just you just never know what sort of team you're going to get on the day with NTC. And do you think that uh, is a reflection of the, the, the youth in that side? Um, oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, now, if you look across the board on any of the teams, uh, youth is the key, the dominant factor in the um, Red Star are probably the ones that stand out because they've got so many experienced players, but yeah. they've still got four or five players that are under the age of 21 in the first 11. Mm. So they've got a nice mix, a nice blend, whereas Mum, um, it's nearly all players under the age of 20. Uh, Perth have got a very young squad as well. Fremantle are similar to Red Star. Uh, they've got the experienced players in there, Jamie Lee Gale, Michaela Lyons, uh, Kat Yukich, as I mentioned, and also Tash Rigby. Tash Rigby, yeah. Yeah, she's out with an injury at the moment by the looks of things. And they've got some good young players coming through. But the rest, um, you know, they're, they're very much uh, younger players coming through or very little NPLW experience uh, rather than being young players. Yeah, OK. Mm. Um, Division 1? Division, Division 2. Division 2, sorry. Division okay. 2 in the men's. So we're switching back to the men's now. Uh, and right. <laughs> and last week's results, I'll just get the right page up so I don't give <laughs> you the amateur results instead. Okay, Kingsley Westside uh, put seven past Ashfield. Uh, so when you were saying Sean Kelly wasn't going to be happy, he's probably still not happy there. Ooh. So 7-1 so to Kingsley um, Ashfield. Caramar Car- um, Shamrock Rovers uh, hosted Southwest Phoenix, and Southwest Phoenix actually came away with a 3-4 away win there. That's brilliant. So even though Karamar still stay top of the table, Joondalup City 3-1 over Gosnell City, Curtin Uni 5-0 away over Swan United, and Belga won 2-1 over Canning City. So Karamar sitting top there, Kingsley Westside second. Um, Southwest Phoenix, their first win there gets them off the bottom of the table at least and hopefully start uh, getting a bit of rhythm to their, to their system. Obviously, it's a bit trickier for Southwest with a lot of travel. A lot of travel. You got a table? Like an absolute lot of tra- table. Yeah, so uh, looking at the table, Karamar uh, Shamrock Rovers top on 15. Kingsley Westside second spot on 14 points, although still undefeated. Uh, Curtin Uni third on 11. Uh, Gosnell's then on uh, 10 points. And at the bottom end, Swan United in 10th spot. Well, sorry, uh, Wanneroo, Swan and Southwest Phoenix all on four points and Canning City last on three points. So... There's the results there for the second division. Thank you, Pete. Division. That's uh, that's good news. While we've got you on the line there, Neil, what uh, what do you make about uh, the HBF Ugh. situation um, that's pending for the Perth Glory? Oh, uh, it's a debacle, isn't it? Really, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there's any way, of, any other way of describing it. it. It illustrates just how badly served football is in this mm. state with, yep. uh, with a proper rectangular stadium. I mean, 
HBS Park, let's not forget, that's a converted AFL ground. Correct. Um, we've never had... I mean, I know the State League... Is, uh, State, State Centre is coming online, but that's going to be nowhere near big enough for anything, the Perth Glory one. Um, and I, I don't know how they're going to solve this. Uh, I think... I did read somewhere that, you know, combining forces with Western Force, uh, the rugby club, yep. to try and force something out of their news West... Obviously, um, the only other stadium they've got to look at is Optus. Um, but based on the attendances that Glory had at the back end of the season, having three or 5,000 people rattling around in Optus Stadium is not going to be a good look. Yeah, no. Uh, but they've got no other choice. Um, I know that the NPL, uh, the, the A-League W, uh, they had one game at Sterling. Um, the ground isn't big enough to, to cope with a, with a full Glory squad uh, game going on in there. Um, yeah, it it beggars belief really that this situation could arise. But uh, I don't know what what Glory are going to do. They may have to play games interstate. Uh, that that may be the only solution to them. Yeah, um, I, I was joking to Pete off air that uh, they might have to do a, a Wellington Phoenix and base themselves in yeah. Newcastle for for a, a, an extended time. And and that anywhere but Newcastle. Anywhere but Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 honestly, in all seriousness, it does feel like the, someone at the Glory has annoyed the state government or something because you know we had the border issues and obviously we can bring AFL teams over in the middle of these border lockdowns to play games. You know, two Victorian sides can come over and play. At Optus, but mm. somehow Glory coming home was just you know a bridge too far, and and then and and you know so do you think? Well, I was thinking as a Glory fan, right? We should be back to normal next season. Let's go, boys! And suddenly it's well, yeah, but you're not going to get a home ground. So I don't know. It's starting to yeah. feel like the WA State yeah. government's got a vendetta against us for some reason. Well, it, it, it has that sort of feel about it, but it also is a reflection, I think, as well on the lack of investment in yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Um, by glory, um, you know, and I know that Sage has put a huge amount of money into it, and it's, you know, but, but they've got nothing to show for it in terms of what they actually hold. Yeah, uh, they have they have no training ground, they have no stadium that they can call their own, and there's very few clubs out there that can do that. But there's been no moves for them. They've never made any effort to build something, mm. and and just this week there was the release by the, the by Football Australia of the. Uh, of regulations um, that you need to have a professional license now um, yes. and obviously one of those is a ground and you, if you don't have your own ground you have to show that you've got tenancy at one but venues west appear to be able I mean why are we losing games because of concerts mm, exactly you know and, and grass refurbishment and then yes the, 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 the upgrade to the stadium was always in the cards once Perth was announced as a venue for the Women's World Cup um, but that is another one that the Women's World Cup is going to be held in 2023. There will be no women playing at Perth Stadium, HBF Stadium, HBF Park, whatever it's called, until after this, until after the World Cup. Um, Perth Glory women don't play there, mm. and no other women's team is going to play there. So they're going to have this upgrade to a stadium for a Women's World Cup. The local women's team will not play there until at least 2023. And even then, there's no guarantee because they've shown no interest in having the women's games in there in the last two years. So what? who's, who's, the, benef who's the beneficiary of the upgrade? It will be Perth Glory, but it will not, by the looks of things, be Perth Glory women. Yeah, um, 
strange. The other thing is when they talk about upgrades, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they are upgrading, but other than the pitch upgrades, if they're talking about sort of off the pitch oh, upgrades, whole lot. So yeah, fi- that, that doesn't stop planet, them playing planet, a game there. If they have yeah. to close down a yeah, you know, no, it does. Close down Planet a FIFA have some serious uh, recommendations, and, and if you don't meet them, then that's no, it. No, so no, I'm talking in terms of if they need to upgrade a stand or something like no, that. Light, lighting, yeah. the whole lot. Yeah, they can they can still have a glory game there if it's not actually yes. affecting the pitch. You know, even no, if they have yeah. to close down part of the stadium and say, right, Perth Glory's playing reduced capacity. You know, ten thousand seats available, no more. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, like sort of, and redoing the grass. Okay, that's one thing I can understand. But I'm I'm with you 100. percent I don't understand why they're having concerts there. Why don't yeah. it, uh, Why don't they have the concert at Optus and they can tell the Glory and the Eagles they can't play? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, good on you. <laughs> see how that works. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, and that it's was, never going to happen. Yeah, but that was one of the um, the things of, of the of the. Um, the Optus Stadium yeah. would, would be a world-class concert venue as well. Exactly. So, yeah, right, and, okay. I mean, even even the Optus Stadium situation as well, Perth misses out on having, or missed out because it didn't have a stadium that was big enough to host a quarter-final for the Women's World Cup. Yep. Because the AFL said, no, we're not going to release Optus Stadium for the duration of the Women's World Cup. We want to play a game of footy Instead of having the exposure that Perth will get across the world yeah. for a world event played by women, but no, the, the you know the the viewing figures in Australia are far more important than a worldwide audience by the sound of things, and it, it just it made no sense that Optus was never in the running um, to to host a, a World Cup game for the Women's World Cup in 2023, and that's why we've only got the five games. Um, you know, other other places and and it goes even to melbourne melbourne's not going to get the final for that very reason yeah the afl refuses to release the stadiums be playing uh, women's world cup games but they'd rather play the afl there and um, so i'm not sure that there's a bias by the government i think there is a bias by uh, sporting bodies somewhere along the line to to continually make sure that football is kept in the background um for whatever reason you imagine a the uproar that would be if Eagles or the Dockers would be forced to follow the same situation as the Western Force or Perth Glory, they just wouldn't. It just would never happen. Yeah, but I think that's a, a reflection on Planet FIFA as well, because we, we're not going to get the full impact. But uh, you go to countries outside of the one that's going to be hosting it later on this year. You go to countries mm. that, that host the World Cup. It is Planet FIFA. They they, they just take over the whole country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I I understand the point you're making there, Neil. But um, yeah, I, I I would be reluctant if I was a, a competing uh, code to let Planet FIFA take over the the, <laughs> yeah, the a major stadium for for the duration of the time. No, I've I mean I've heard stories about FIFA says you can't have any other events. Yeah, you know, any other. No, no, I, I don't, is that true or not? Yes, because I, I do yeah. know during the South African World Cup they held a rugby match, literally in the middle of the World Cup in rugby, uh, the World Cup in South Africa in, in the stadium, in, in a World well, Cup stadium, in a in a stadium. I, I, yeah, I, so I, I, I doubt very much whether it would have been a World Cup stadium. Well, so, it, was so a, well, it was a rugby match, and that's pretty yeah. big. They wouldn't have had that in some pokey, you know. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I, I, used, I used the, uh, the example um, when I went to name drop when I went to Brazil for the World Cup. There, the Brazilian government had mandated by law that no alcohol would be served 
in their stadium during games. Mm. Planet FIFA came in and said, uh, "Hang on a minute, we've got Budweiser here. Uh, yeah. uh, that's going to that's going to change." And they actually debated in the Brazilian Parliament w- whether they could actually revoke that law. And and in the end, FIFA went, "Yeah, you are." And that's the end of it. Yeah, it's a pity uh, it was for Budweiser of all things. But. Well, well, I, I was drinking the Brahma, which is you know, uh, we won't go down that. <laughs> we won't go down that one. But yeah, the the, the queue for the Budweiser uh, line was very very short, and the queue for the Brahma line was very very oh, long. You can make the same <laughs> argument about Qatar as well. Who yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, everyone exactly. knows as a as a you know strict Muslim nation, alcohol is. Yeah. For the most part, banned. I think there are exceptions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in hotels and stuff. But obviously, World Cup stadium, uh, World Cup time, they sort of rolling back the ro- the rules. Well, that's it for the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, well, their their, um, their their fan festival uh, things will have alcohol served, yep. and yep. it's like, well, you know, that's because Planet FIFA have taken over your country. Yeah, uh, that's a different story. Sorry, Neil. but at, at the same time, <laughs> I, I do feel that that's something that, um, like, when you're bidding for the World Cup, you kind of understand that that has to happen to a degree. You can argue to what degree, but I think I think if you're going to put in a bid for a World Cup, you know, we want to host it, it, you can't then be blindsided by the fact that, by the way, FIFA has alcohol sponsors and yeah. part of the conditions yeah. are no, you're right. you have to be able to buy a beer at the game. Yeah, no, we saw that with the, the Cricket World Cup. Uh, you know, the MCG were very happy to release the stadium for the Cricket World Cup and it was the same sort of thing, that, that they wanted the stadium for a period of time and that was it. Yeah. And uh, you know, Cricket Australia and uh, and the Victorian Cricket Association went. Yep, no worries. We'll we'll find alternative arrangements. Why it couldn't have happened for the uh, Optus Stadium, as Neil says, is um, yeah, it's a debate well, for, yeah. debate for another time when we've got a bit more time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll not... it'll be interesting to see what the stadiums are now that the um, the Rugby World Cup has been officially announced for yes. Australia in 2027. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Women's World Cup uh, in 2028. Now, will Optus? Will Optus come up for that one? Well, that's, that, that, that would be a very interesting one if Optus hosts the rugby, but it won't host the Women's World Cup. Hmm. Well, I, I can see that yeah. happening, Neil, because um, the last time the, the Rugby World Cup was held in Australia, it was at Subiaco Oval. I, I, I was in the crowd. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the greatest yeah, yeah. rectangular sport on, a, on an oval. It yeah. wasn't the greatest, but, yeah, they, they very happily uh, opened up their, their stadium for that particular event. And like I say, Neil, it's probably likely to happen again. So why yeah. why is football the poor cousin? Yeah, well, this, this, that, that's a debate that could go on for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately we've only got a half hour left to go. So, Neil, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. We'll, we'll get you on uh, at another time to, uh, to have a, a, a more in-depth chat about uh, that particular scenario. Uh, we, yeah, th- yeah. We, we thank you for your time, Neil, and um, all the best. Have a, uh, have a safe day. Yeah, thanks very much indeed. Pleasure to come on. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Neil. That was Neil Bennett, our uh, NPL expert, and that went uh, that went places where I didn't expect. Yeah, it sort of wound up in a very strange place. Um, speaking of winding up in a very strange place, kind of be remiss of us not to mention switching back to the A League again. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Melbourne City who did no. win the league. No. no, no, no. Well, you know, congratulations to them. Of my of the three teams in the running. Victory was the one I was yes, kind of hoping, yeah, glory reserves and all. <laughs> but um, no, Melbourne, Melbourne City did win the league uh, this week. we we'll wrap up the title um, with a 2-1 win over Wellington. I don't know if you – I watched the game and it was it was impressive. The sheer number of Melbourne Victory fans had turned up to the game specifically to cheer on Wellington because had Wellington got to even come away with a draw, uh, it would have been Victory that finished top of the table and won the league. Yeah. And, you know, sort of uh, – 
City shot out to a two-goal lead very early in the first half with a couple of crackers. Uh, Wellington pinged one back, and certainly the last mm. the last ten minutes or so was a bit bit tense for City. You know, you sort of was, were aware of the fact that they only needed to let one in, and the title would slip through their hands. And uh, but in the end, uh, the the A League season is now complete. The league side of the season is complete. <laughs> Obviously, we got finals coming yep. up. Um, so Melbourne City first, victory second. Western United's third, so obviously they're doing something right in Victoria because their teams are the top three. Yeah. Adelaide United, Central Coast, and Wellington rounding out the top six. And we have obviously finals starting this week. It's uh, Western United against Wellington Phoenix, yep. and Adelaide United against Central Coast. Both of those, I believe, are just straight knockout matches, no second leg, anything like that. Uh, and then we'll go into semi finals, which, strangely enough, do have two legs, and then the final, which is a one off thing. Yeah, okay. Sorry. And they are... Um, and they are all on... Live and, and free on 10 and 10 play on yes. demand. So Sorry. that's good news. So if I have to pick a team now for the, you know... It's the Phoenix. It is. Actually, that's what I was going to say. Uh, that, that's, that's, I guess, where you'd say the one I want to win. The one i kind of going to think on. win. I'm, Go Knicks. I'll, I'll, I'll pick victory. No. I feel kind of dirty saying that, but... Yeah. yeah. Gee whiz, if I didn't need you, I'd be putting you to that door. No, look, I can, turn I can it up. go if you want. No, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to give you the key to that lock until, right. <laughs> until 12 Fine. o'clock. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for sticking with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. We'll be right back with Mr. Alan Kimber, a top 10 ranked Subudio player. And he's going to talk to us all things uh, Subidio Perth, including the upcoming International Open. Stay with us. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual, or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest-growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. You've got Hugh and Pete 
in the chairs. Joining us now, Mr. Alan Kimber, top ten player in the world. How does that sound, Al? Hello? Yep. Hello, Alan. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, very oh. <laughs> I give you the big boom up, then you throw me under the basket on you, mate. That's it. The interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> so the uh, latest rankings have come out, the April rankings for the uh, for the Wasper. You're number yeah. nine in the world. I thought I was number eight. Well, there you go. <laughs> 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 yes, I thought, unless you're, unless you're catching me, you're going in front of me, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, number eight, I think. Yeah, not to worry. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, we'll, you've given me the wrong info again, Hugh. Ah, uh, well, it's only Kimbo, you know, eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Think, yeah, you know, top ten. That's uh, uh, that's good enough. I'm only that, I'm only that good because I keep turning up every month, mate. <laughs> and beating me, thank you very much. Yeah. Alan, yeah. Subudio Perth yeah. will be hosting the International Open in August. Can you tell us all about that, please? Well, obviously, we are having an international open, so we will have people, hopefully, coming from Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Eastern States. I've even contacted someone in South Africa that might be interested in coming. Brilliant. So, yes, so um, the, we'll see, what, see how many turn up. Obviously, with the borders being open, we are a lot more flexible now. There's more people that will attend us and come and see, see what we did get up to. Um, so it's a case of... Uh, Pop it onto our Facebook page and seeing what we're up to, basically. Um, and if anyone wants to come and have a look and see what we do, we're easily contactable. Um, I do believe we are in the throes of working out a northern suburbs venue in Kingsway. We're trying to, so yeah. That's probably, yeah, so that's going to, hopefully, if anyone's interested in up north who wishes to play, then obviously we can uh, accommodate for, for that. And we also now have a player in Bunbury. Yes. So if anyone is interested in playing in Bunbury, get in touch with us. We can contact, get in contact with someone over there and we can uh, arrange games down there. So it's yep. like wherever you want to play, we can be there. That's right. We've got uh, the uh, seven-side pitch, which is easily portable in the yeah. uh, in the hatchback, so we can, uh, we can yeah. take yeah. the game to you and to your club. Yeah. Yeah. So where can we find people playing Subutio, Alan? Oh well, they're all over the all over the world, aren't they? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking more specifically, where in Perth can we find Subudio being played on a regular uh, basis? We can play down in Coburn on go. a monthly basis. There you go. We are down at, uh, to the Titchbourne Avenue, Titchbourne Road in in Coburn. Sound? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. yep. The um, Elite Cricket Centre. Yeah, when the will be there tomorrow. Obviously, if anyone wants to come on down and see what we get up to, just get in touch through our Facebook page, and we will. Welcome you. Yep. Okay. Free entry kickoff at uh, half past eight. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, we're there from eight thirty. We'll be there till probably three o'clock, won't we? Tomorrow. So. Uh, well, depends. Um, yeah. Depends whether the bars open or not. <laughs> you know, if the bars open, I'll be there till about six. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, bring, bring a coffee, bride will leave you out and take you home, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Alan, how did you get involved in Subudio? Well, I obviously played Sabudo as a child back in England. Um, I played with my dad on a regular basis. I was very lucky that at a very early stage I got up on the board and off the, off the, off the carpet. And obviously when I got to about 13, 14, it all put, put in the box and put away. And then in 94, I decided to leave, come to Australia. I thought, should I throw it away or should I keep it? <laughs> and I made the decision to keep it. And then 
take the throughs after my kids have grown up and got older and I've done all the junior soccer and all that. I discovered Sabito Perth online. I thought I'll give it a go. And from 2015, I've been playing Sabito pretty regularly and been enjoying it, you know. So, and it's not just the game itself, it's just also getting out and meeting people as well, getting off, off, off the chair, out of, away from the TV and, um, yeah, doing stuff, which is very good for me. Mm. Yeah. And you were a fairly successful player at the Asian Cup in Melbourne a couple of years ago. Do you want to tell us about that experience? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, obviously, we can travel travel the country and play. We have an Asian Championship, which obviously basically anyone from Asia can play, but then obviously we do let people from anywhere in the world come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a few games over there. I didn't make it through the group stages, but um, learnt a lot and... Also had a good holiday as well. That's the, that's the goodness of the game. Is that you can you can go play for video and have a holiday at the same time. So <laughs> the good lady was very happy with the week's holiday in Melbourne, and I was quite happy playing for video. <laughs> yeah. uh, Particularly two days when you, when you weren't in uh, in, in her way, yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean that that is the good thing about our sport. That, I mean, we've got one of our players in Malaga at the moment playing. Uh, over that way, and I just see one of the Melbourne guys is in Singapore at the moment. So the ability to travel and play the game is quite quite interesting. Um, we, we have people obviously USA, South Africa, um, New Japan. Zealand, even yeah, you know? yeah, Japan. So it's it's all over the world. If you want to play, enjoy it and get involved in the game, you can you can play in Perth or you can play in London if you want to. Play, you know. Yep. Uh, one of the favourite stories I like to tell people, uh, I usually pack the Subidio team, the, the, the yeah. two, two teams, we, the, the good wife and myself, we went to yeah. uh, Koh Samui and uh, did a little bit of research and a previous yeah. uh, European champion and Asian champion was uh, living there. So <laughs> I went round to his place Lucky and we played, a, we played a couple of games of Subidio. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have a few beers and off you go. It's good fun, isn't it? That was, yeah. yeah. Being, being, being social side of Tabito is very good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we like. We like, don't we? There's a couple of photos on there. Yeah, barefoot bathers. We'd uh, we'd play a game, get a uh, get a beer, jump in the pool, finish the beer, dry off, play another game, get another beer, jump in the pool. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh well, we're not we're not we haven't got a we're not we haven't got a pool at our, um, our place, but. Um, We've got a bar, which is the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you had to pick one, I guess that's that's your priorities, right? <laughs> yeah. <well, that's> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, come on, mate. Come on. Now, Al. Yeah. Forestfield United. Close to your heart? Pardon? Forestfield. You want to tell us about your oh. Forestfield United journey? Oh, I my son was part of the Forestfield lot. They set up, but he has, he has now moved on to... Perth AFC, yes, so we follow them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this season he's, he's there now. So um, we do, we do have my my, my son, me, my grandson's playing at Firefield at the moment. Playing, he plays for Kelmscott. He's, he's only six, and he he, he chops out there for for every Sunday morning. So that we follow him as well, as well as my son. So it's a case that on a Sunday we travel the world watching watching soccer. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm. Yeah. So the um, the International Open, when is it going to be held? Yeah, I don't think you've told us that one, have you? First nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first of August, I believe. Yep. Yep. And so the so, 
the Thursday. The first day is going to be the um, preview Wasper event. And yeah. Then we're going to have a uh, a dinner draw that's uh, going yeah. to be on the Friday night and uh, informal flicks. And then the tournament starts proper on the Saturday, the twentieth. Is it? Have I forgot yeah. that date. Yeah. Yep. That's the plan. Yeah. How, how many people are you expecting there, or, or is it like have you hosted one of these before? And so that's know. a good question. Yes, we have. Well, yeah. we are we are we are hoping to get at least sixteen. Okay. Um, that, that that qualifies as an international open. Yeah. If not, we can it gets called downgraded to a satellite event. So okay. But we're we're ho- we're hoping for that sort of thing, that sort of numbers. And and if you had I mean, sixteen players, how how does it work? Like, is it a straight knockout? Cup? Would you play like in group well, stages? We, like we, have, we, have, we do the, do the group stages, and we yeah. go down to the to the finals in the normal way. Um, okay. And that's uh, that's always good. And obviously, then we also have um, an inter- might have an international tournament as well. If we've got enough players from each each, each country, we get fourth in Singapore, and obviously we'll play Australia versus uh, Singapore. Um, you know, see how things go. Fantastic. So that's always an option. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so if we get the 16 players, it's going to be four groups of four. Yep. Uh, mm. And then... Sort of the, top the, two the, in each group. Top, top two of each group progress into the... Quarterfinals. Um, quarterfinals, yeah. and the bottom two of each group progress to a plate or consolation uh, tournament. So everybody continues to play. Um, but that's is, better than the real World Cup, because if you finish well, bottom right. two in your group, you're out. Just, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. So that's why we, we try to... Um, as a Subidio tournament, so yeah, yeah. You, you, you've got to fund your own yeah. trip. So rather than just going, you know, there's three games, see you later, uh, it, we do try to make it um, yeah. entertaining for each uh, player for as long as possible. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, once you get to the quarterfinals, then that is knockout stage then. So, you know, it depends on your ability as to how far into the tournament you progress. The international uh, situation... That that's interesting. Um, we are expecting the four players from Singapore, or, or more than, because we've got a um, a player at Subidio Perth who would qualify for that Singaporean side. Um, Mark yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, obviously we we have international players. Um, sorry, I didn't really hear the question because the phone's crackling a bit, mate. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, you there? Yeah, I am. Uh, we were. I was just discussing how the team aspect of the International Open would progress. Oh, yeah, well, well we, have, we have the four players obviously playing at the same time usually, isn't it? That's usually the plan. And um, so you, you hopefully, you know, you're, you're, you get both. It can be like a 4-3 victory tier or, you know, 3-1 or whatever, as long as the, the four, four teams, four players play and win, then you can win 4-0. So that's how, that's how it works on the team, team event, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's correct. Yep. yep. Mm. Bournemouth, yeah. mate. I suppose we've got to mention Bournemouth. <laughs> go on. Bournemouth. Go well, on, have a back go. In the, back, in, back in the Premier League yeah. where we belong. Where you belong. <laughs> Turn it up. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it up. You know, as a Bournemouth fan, I saw some very bad games during the you know, <laughs> during the 70s and 80s in the lower leagues. And to see, see us back in there again is quite remarkable, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're in a very good mood at the moment. So we'll hopefully it'll continue next year. And um, I'll also put a little plug in for there is actually a small supporters group of Bournemouth fans in WA. And yet again, a Facebook page. And it's um, ASCBWA. And we are probably going to try and 
get together this year at some some venue, probably uh, possibly the Burswood because that's where there's always a game on. But if there's any other um, supporters clubs who have a venue and when we play them, they can invite us along. We'll probably turn up and try not to get into any arguments. But yeah, you know, it's uh, all about getting out there and, and meeting people, aren't it? you know. So that's the same thing. How far behind yeah. Fulham did you end up? Because Fulham stumbled there towards the end of the season, which was surprising. Two, two points. Just two, two points? points, mate. Holy crap. Yeah. I knew it got tired. I mean, we, 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 we drew with them uh, a week before the end of the season. If we'd beaten them, we would have finished up. That's yeah. right, yeah. So, well, well. So, yeah. So, it's a close game. It's a hard league to get out of, as you know. Yeah. So, right. to get out of yeah, You had to, didn't you? Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got out of it twice now. And we going went up, upwards, not downwards. So we got over three times certainly because we did get we did get in the in the eighties, but then we got relegated during the Harry Redknapp years. So yeah, yeah. Well, Harry has that effect on most sides. He uh, <laughs> he takes over. Uh, luckily enough, he hasn't come anywhere near our club. Uh, yeah. So you what you you expect survival next season? Oh, I expect survival. Yeah, I think I think Scotty Parker plays. Towards the end of the season, they're playing a very good brand of football. They're playing very attacking. They've got some very good attacking players. Um, but they could end up being a Yayo club. Well, hopefully not. But um, they, they've got the ability there. They've started making signings already. So we'll look, see, what, see what comes along. Who's the um, manager again? Uh, Scott, Scott Parker, ex-Fulham manager. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's right. I yeah, had a bit of a giggle when he, when he took them over. He was... Yeah, I saw yeah. him a few times when he was at Fulham, and I thought this guy hasn't got a clue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, he took him up uh, and he took him down. Yeah, and obviously, when he, when he took him down, he came over to Bournemouth. So, hopefully, it's not the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, well, that, that, that's true enough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, Sabudio, tomorrow, you're going to give me a win yep. or what? Am I going to win? I'll try to turn up first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, haven't, I haven't practiced for, for this week, so... Uh, listen happens. to this. Oh, no, I haven't practiced. You turn, God on you. You haven't practiced. Yeah. You, you're top ten of the world, mate. Yeah. So, <laughs> for, for for any listeners that, that aren't familiar with Sabudio or maybe have heard the name but, but not quite, uh, yeah. you know, sure, you know, sort of vaguely kind of aware of it, something about table football, do you want to give us a, a quick rundown of, as to how it works? Go on. What well, sort of exercises, what sort of training you need to do? Yeah, well, obviously, table, it's table soccer, table soccer uh, it's like anything. If you you're on the internet, you, you watch the YouTube videos, you'll see it as well. But obviously, it's an 11-a-side game, and it's a small, small players and a small ball. You, you have three flicks with each, which, with each player and try and move the ball around the pitch and, yep. and try and put it in the back of the net like, like, like the real game. You have that good feeling when it goes in the back <laughs> of the net and you have that bad feeling when it goes in your goal. So it, it has all the highs and lows of the real game, but it's not played in the rain, which is the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I, I mean, you say it's a small ball. I'm looking at a couple of pictures here, and I have to say, relative to the players, that's a very big ball. It's you know, if that was yeah, life size, yeah, that is. ball would be about five feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, but that obviously, okay, you got to hit something, haven't you? Yeah. You know, so um, so it, it's it's the way the game was developed from obviously from the 1940s through to now the game is it's changed it's, the players don't wobble and fall over now it's a flat player flat player flat players and they slide and glide it's like playing pool yep. or snooker but 
scoring a goal at the end of it, you know. So it's got a combination of chess as well because it's very tactical. Um, your defensive lineup is probably eight across the back and then two up front. <laughs> so, so you don't let the people, you got to let them come and try and shoot from the side of it rather than come through the middle. Uh, does um, it does it have this like normal like football like is there offsides in it? I guess is what I'm. Yes, there is an offside line. There, there is an extra line on the pitch that is halfway between the just outside the penalty box and the halfway line, which is the basically the shooting area and also the offside area. So oh. it's quite quite a good. Okay, way maybe of maybe FIFA spreading, could. Spreading. Yes, FIFA I mean take a trick when I what, one of the things I got from playing three D is when I when I used to coach juniors. I used to get them to play three-touch football. Yeah, you get three touches of the ball, and you move, you puck control it, and you move past it around, and then that, that otherwise was something I always introduced to when I played the game as well. You know, mm. so, so you had a better understanding of how the game is played, and also if you if you introduce the game of three day to kids, they look at it from a different angle, and they can see the angles of the game as well, which is yeah, very true. good. True. So, so you're saying it's not a bad good. idea for clubs to maybe. Maybe get uh, yeah. some juniors down and 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 check it out. Yeah. What, what happens if the yeah, ball goes I mean, out over the touchline? Because presumably you, you can't make the player take a throw in. You used to be no, it's, it's obviously it's, it's you, you can't. It's obviously, just, it's like side to side. You just tap it in. Okay. It's the same principle. I mean, as far as clubs go, if you go to places like Italy, the top Italian clubs have um, table soccer clubs within their clubs. Yeah. So it's all part of the of the culture of the game. So something that Australia probably missed out on because obviously the peak of the games during the 70s and 80s of the game was obviously had the Johnny Warren thing, didn't it? Yeah. It starts out of his book, you know? So um, it was not, not something that Australian kids got into. A lot of Australians have never seen the game. Yeah. No, that's right. That's how I got introduced. It was through um, English family that was um, living yeah. close by and... One day he's gone. Yeah, you want to give this a go? I've never seen it before, yeah. mate. You know, and yeah. yeah, got hooked straight away. I was like, "This is brilliant." Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, do, do the games have a time limit? Are you playing with a clock? Are you playing yeah. with a? Yeah. You know, we have. You have a fifteen-minute half. Um, you can reduce that down to ten minutes, or if you need to, depending on time constraints. But um, we tend to go for fifteen-minute half. Okay. And um, yeah, do the same same thing. And um, we have usually scores of two-one, three-one, but. Sometimes it do will go out if you're having a good having a good day and other person's having a bad day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> he, I'm yeah, he, he's just about to some, give the some, some of the scores he's put past me. Some, sometimes you have scared me a few times. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not not on the video table though. It's just usually at the bar afterwards. <laughs> is there is there um uh, again, I, I understand in a social setting, probably not so much, but in a, in a you know more serious in a World Cup type event, uh, like time wasting. If you've got, oh, yeah. you know, you sort of take oh, yeah. your time. Yep, so, yep. so it's whoever's well, closest to the ball has possession. Is that right? Like if your player's um, the closest, it's your turn, or am I misunderstanding? No, no, no. Well, as you as you're playing it, you, you're in, in possession. Yep. Yep. A, a defender can take a blocking tackle. So you, as long as he doesn't touch the ball, you can obviously get in your way and get and block you. Almost like a snooker. Yep. So then you've got then you've got to use a different player from a different angle all the time. So that's why you that's why you learn, learn your angles well. You know you can look look down the pitch and, and see see which ones can you can flick across. So yeah, yeah so it's bit, yeah possession yeah. based, Pete. So yeah, so if you if, if you, you take you're your time, ball, yeah, if you take your time, you know, oh, I've got control of the ball. I'll just 
stopping yeah. time my shoelaces now. No, and, no. Oh, no, that's... So, so there is yeah, some that, sort that's of... that's frowned upon, yeah. There's, uh, um, frowned upon yeah. or actually against the rules? It's against the rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, it... it there, there are some uh, dark arts to be... Uh, to be learnt, but uh, yeah, that one is definitely verboten. Yeah, yeah you, you there, there, there is a six, six, six second rule, is there? When you put your hand down on the table, we'll correct the shot. I believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's... So um, and then, uh, until you put your hand down, you haven't you haven't got to play the shot. So you just walk around the table twice, check check the angles. You know. Well, <laughs> no, no, that's that's not strictly true either, is it, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's making a joke there. <laughs> that's my yeah. tactic when I'm one nil up. I just go. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Your tactic would be walk off to the bar at that point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, the point where if. Um, Excessive time wasting is noted. It uh, it's a change of possession. Yeah, added on. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah. time added on. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's, it's a mini. I mini. wish FIFA would do that. I wish referees in the eight. I, I oh. personally, there's a gripe of mine. It's like, you yeah. know, you can roll around on the. You know, if I was a referee, I'd be like, all right, you can roll around on the floor for you know three minutes now, but I'm going to add that on at the end and maybe an extra minute on top of that as well. Oh, I've told you that joke when uh, when I was doing that when I was refereeing. Like yeah. you. People rolling around the ground, like okay, off you go, and they go ref, 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 like you know what that 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 magic line. You were dead mm. on the pitch. Yeah. As soon as you cross that line, you you're back to life. I used to go, no, no, hang on a minute, mate. You you were seriously injured yeah. like 30 seconds ago. So you you get you get the treatment that you deserve. Used to stop it quite <laughs> yeah, quite quickly. Uh, quite quickly. That yeah. uh, you know uh, they you get that reputation. He's like he's not going to put up with that, mate. So you know you you better be hurt when you go down. Anyway, that's. That's beside the point. Alan, can you just give us another uh, final plug for Sabidio Purse a monthly session down at 22 Titchbourne Street, Coburn Central, please? Yes, we'll be there from 8.30 tomorrow morning. Do come along. If you don't want to play, just want to come and watch. We'll show you what's involved. And, um, yeah, just be good to see anyone. And, yes, just keep, as they say, just keep on flicking. It's our <laughs> motto, isn't it? That is our motto, keep on flicking. Good on and you, we have put And we have put a link to the uh, Facebook group on our on our Facebook yeah. group, ah, so if, if you've missed any of the details, you can uh, jump on the group there and take a look. Yep. Sensational. All right. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate right. you uh, giving us uh, some of your time this morning, and I look forward yep. to losing to you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, mate. Take care. Thank you very much, guys, and keep keep up the good work, okay? Thank you. All Good right. on you. Thank Please. you, Alan. Yes. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ta-da, mate. And that was Alan Kimber, number 10, or well, number 8, Ranked player in the world. I'm going to keep calling him number nine. Yeah. yeah. But, Just uh, get under the skin a bit. I see the mind games have started. <laughs> early. Ah, it's a, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of um, different tactics that, that players use. And as um, Alan was saying, we've got one of our players, Brian Pearson, who is in Spain at the moment with the World uh, Cup of Walking Football. He was yep. um, lucky enough to be selected for the Australian side and he took his Sabudio team with him. <laughs> and as I've found, almost everywhere you go, you just check it out. There's there's always a game to be played. Um, you just need to find the, the player. So in Perth, that is Sabidio Perth Facebook page. And we will be down at 22 Titchbourne Street, Coburn Central from 8.30 tomorrow. And it is regularly held every third Sunday of each and every month. So get yourself down there if you are at all interested in Sabidio, and if you're not, get yourself down there. Take a look. How many How many little teams do you like, how many teams, how many figurines do you have? Or well, not figurines, how many teams are figurines? How many teams? Yeah. I've got, uh, oh, geez, here we go. I've got 
West Brom Home and Away. That's actually what I was leading to is like, like what kits do you have? Yeah, 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 West Brom Home and Away. I've got a Bayern Munich team. I've got uh, the team I use when I play for Australia. It's Australia. It's yep. a Socceroos kit from 2014. Uh, I've got a team that's not painted. It's just a, a, a plastic figures. That's yep. my regular uh, team. So you don't chip. I mean. You pay a fair whack for some of these uh, some of these teams, and uh, if the paint comes off, you tend to you know cry a little bit. So, <laughs> um, the five, probably yeah, maybe ten. Okay, okay, maybe ten. And the and, prices. And so you normally pay play with the unpainted one. Yeah, I try to. You don't. You don't want to. You know, get yeah. No, no, no. You, 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 it's a bit like. Um, like your car, you know, you've got an everyday car, and then you've got the show car. You, know, like you don't <laughs> well, want to use, don't want to use a show car. Maybe if you're on, you know, Sabutio wages. You've <laughs> <got a show laughs> car. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, well that's uh, that's us done. Thank you very much for for joining us. Um, I'd like to thank our station sponsors: Futsal WA, Gate and Fencing Hardware, and uh, someone else. Good one. You've forgotten the sponsor. I've forgotten, I've forgotten the sponsor's name. I've, I've packed everything up. Oh, that's uh, they're going to be very, very unhappy. <laughs> Gate and fencing hardware. No. So, Futsal WA and there Greg Farrell. Uh, Greg Farrell. Oh, I did Farrell, say sorry. Greg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Oswest fencing that's and wrought iron for custom built fences and gates. Penny's going to kill you. Yep. Uh, and Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Yep. And we're off. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. As soon as we get some tunes playing. Why is that? There we go. There we go. Coming up next is Len with Bags Groove. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.